0: Hey everybody, I'm Rachel Bonetta. And I'm Rachna Frukbaum. And this is Holla Shane.
1: Hi Rachel. Hey, hey. Hey man, your new Felix Grey glasses look great. Hey dude, your new Felix Grey glasses look great. <laughs> Thank you. I, this isn't even, guys, this is not one of the ads, like for real, we've been loving our glasses Getting a lot of compliments, which we love.
0: Getting the most compliments. But also sleeping well. Sleeping a little better. I have been sleeping like a little angel baby. Yeah. They neutralize that blue light. And the only thing that's changed in my life is these glasses. I still eat like absolute garbage and I drink alcohol. So this is really
1: the only good thing I'm doing for myself. (laughs) Did not cut down my alcohol content and it's been helping. Absolutely not Yeah. Content. Can I talk? Alcohol intake. Hmm. Anyway. Are you drunk right now? No, I wish. <laughs> oh, man. There was a little bit of a pause there. That would have been a fun treat if I was like, today I'm telling my story hammered. I feel like we should do that, like on our birthdays. Again? We're. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have done it once. Sorry. Is that a problem when we do it more than once? No, definitely not. Speaking of our podcast... Today we got the very best comment that our yeah. producer Caroline sent to us from a dad telling us he listens to the podcast with his middle school age daughter. Do we have a name which so that we can give him a shout out? King Arthur of Atlantis and his daughter. It was so nice. Yeah. King Arthur, we love you guys. He said they have like inside jokes based on it and I love it. And the one thing he flagged was like, we swear a lot, Whoopsies. which we know. And it made me think I don't ever want to get in the way of a dad and his daughter bonding. So I'm just going to like pledge to swear a little (gasps) bit less. You know what? And I will do the same.
0: It's going to make my mom extremely happy.
1: Mine too. Because that
0: was like the one note that I got from my mom. (laughs) I got the same note from my boyfriend's mom. It's like y'all swear a lot.
1: Okay, so we're going to cut back because we want this to be (laughs) user-friendly.
0: I also remember, do you remember like in high school, you'd be like sitting in the car and like a 50 Cent song would come on the radio and there's like, or like on your CD and there was swears in it. And I just, you literally want to die in that seat. Like you just hear your mom going, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Look, I, I like walk this line where if swearing is the thing my kids pick up from me, I'm a little bit like, good on you. I mean, of all the things. And it's just a little bit of a part of the way I talk. But yeah, it's like if it makes people uncomfortable, I am here to pull back so that our podcast is more fun to listen to. How
0: about we say this? This comment was so lovely to read and so nice that a father daughter duo is listening to our podcast because Rasha and I talk about our dads quite a bit on this pod. It made us so happy that we're not going to swear anymore.
1: We're going to swear less. (laughs) Yeah, Rachel, don't be insane. Okay, okay. Yeah. we're gonna okay. we're gonna be conscious you you and thoughtful about it. Yeah. Um, look, that's a tough pledge to make because today's story is a deuce. She <laughs> already broke it, <laughs> but we're gonna do our best. Today, we're gonna talk about a little scandal called Bloodgate. Ooh. We here at Hall of Shame love those gates. Mm-hmm. This one took place in the rugby union. <laughs> Not rugby. to be confused with the Rugby league, which I learned is a different but very similar branch of the same sport. Oh. I had to learn a lot about rugby for this story because basically like I didn't know any of the things. so I definitely this don't a know a fun journey any of these things,
0: although I did play rugby in high school for entirely one match, and it was pouring rain outside. And this very large girl, lady woman in high school, dragged me through a pile of mud because I tried to tackle her and she did not go down. So I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. This is not for me.
1: <laughs> I'm quit. gonna never retain or learn any of the information about this sport because I did not like being dragged. <laughs> I know there's through the a
0: mud. ball and I know there's tackling and I forget the rest.
1: Well, then this is great because you'll learn something. Perfect. So one thing I learned is that rugby's foundational principle is a, quote, culture of respect. It's sort of a carefully guarded tradition within the sport. Players rarely deliberately hurt one another. No bounty gates up in here. Even on the infrequent occasion, players do get in a scuffle. What a sentence I just (laughs) said. (laughs) It's more of like a wrestling sitch than a full-blown fight. With punching and stuff that can happen in other sports. And should a player hurt someone else, which doesn't happen that often, he would be banned for months and months and months. Oh,
0: wow. Rugby is primarily popular in Australia, right? That's like where it's really big.
1: I think even in Europe. It's just not popular here in North America. We know that. But the other thing I learned about it is the referee is the law disputes and fouls are resolved swiftly, fairly, decisively. There's not like all this whining and pleading that Mm -hmm. we're kind of used to in other sports.
0: Don't you always feel sorry for the refs in those situations? Like anytime I watch NFL Sundays,
1: it's like, just leave the man alone. He's just trying to do his job. Yeah. Truly a hard job. A very hard job. So – in rugby, part of this culture of respect is because rugby players wear far fewer pads than in, say, American football. Mm. They don't wear helmets, but rather like these scrum caps, which basically just prevent cauliflower ear. Ugh. They're not like safety protocols. So, like, in football, all the padding and helmets sort of embolden big hits and the stuff that leads to concussions. Different yeah. story. Welcomes Terrible it. thing. In rugby, you gotta be a little more chill. Thigh injuries are the most common injury. I mentioned that because it's going to come into play. It's not to say rugby is not intense and badass, but just to set up that a scandal would be particularly shocking in a sport like this.
0: Oh, wow. And like every scandal that we've done in the NFL is just like, this is par for the
1: course. (laughs) Another week, another scandal. (laughs) There are probably so many worse things that we don't know about. (laughs) Correct. So in rugby in Europe... 24 teams compete in something called the Heineken Cup, which is like the European Rugby Championships, basically. The two teams in our story are the Harlequins and Leinster. <laughs> um, wait. So, the Harlequins and Leinster girl, yes. Okay, we're in Europe now, you know. Oh, what's
0: a Leinster? Is it was somebody the creator of the team just named Lenny?
1: <laughs> it's the name of a town. Oh, wow, okay. So the Harlequins were founded in 1866 as the Hampstead Football Club, and their home has been in the London suburb of Twickenham since 1906. Did I learn how to pronounce some stuff for this? Sure I did. Okay, girl. Yes. So they compete in England's premiership division, meaning they are one of England's top 12 clubs. Little note, since the foundation of rugby leagues as we know them today, the Harlequins have been in the premiership every season except one. 2005, when they were relegated to the division below, which is called the National Division One. So it's basically like in the Premier League in soccer. Yeah. Okay. So these guys have been really good for a really long time. Yeah. So they were in this thing except for this one year, which will come into play. The Leinster Rugby Club was founded in 1879 in the Leinster province of Ireland. Ah. So I guess now we know where the name comes from. They became a professional team in 1995, so they're kind of newer. And they are one of the four Irish teams in the league. Just a little background. Mm -hmm. So going into the Heineken Cup in 2009, Leinster was ranked seventh in the league overall. And the Harlequins were ranked 35th and were tier four. So Leinster was ranked higher going into the tournament. Got it. The point of that. Okay. So a guy named Dean Richards was the Harlequins director of rugby. And for those who don't know, a club's director is responsible for the recruitment, development, and management of players and coaches. Mm-hmm. So you're like the head honcho. Yeah. And this guy, Dean Richards, was thirsty to Hold win. on. Like, Dean extra. Richards, wasn't that the dean in old school? Like, Dean Richards? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, fun to picture. That's amazing. So, like, obviously, everyone who's playing professional competitive sports is thirsty to win, but this guy was, like extra. Richards was a professional rugby player for 14 years and then began coaching in 1998. His first season with the Harlequins was in 2005, which is famously that one season they weren't in the premiership. Okay. So Richards felt he had this opportunity when he came in to really make a name for himself and get that team back to the elite status Mm. they were used to. And he did. He brought them back to the Premiership in his very first season. They ended up losing only one game. So quite a fast turnaround for Mr. Dean Richards. Like, we're never being relegated again. (laughs) Yeah, this guy's, like, on a mission. Richards said at the time, quote, Having played against the Quins for 20 years and having been director of rugby against them, I always felt they are sleeping giants waiting to be woken. The point of that quote is, my dude was eager to establish what an instant game-changer he was going to be. Love that. (laughs) Love that for them. Love that for them. Love that for Dean. The club's chief executive, Mark Evans, said of Richard's, perhaps even more important, his personal qualities and commitment to vital components such as honesty and integrity made him the outstanding candidate among the huge list of interested candidates.
0: Okay, so they're, like, really building this guy up to be somebody special. They're big
1: on—correct. They're big on him. He's big on himself. That's where we're at. It's a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? Cue that song, that Queen song, Under Pressure, pressure you know? Anyway, 2009 was the Harlequins' first opportunity at the Heineken Cup since returning to the Premiership and since Richards became the head of all the things. And Richards wanted to win. He wanted to prove he had the goods. Mm -hmm. So on April 12th, 2009, the Harlequins are set to play Leinster in a big quarterfinal game. Thrilling. They both made it through their pools. Very exciting. So the games are 80 minutes long, and the first half of this game was mostly uneventful. But in the 47th minute... With the Quins trailing 6-0, Nick Evans, who's their fly half, which is basically a quarterback, meaning he was one of the team's best players, is forced off the field after suffering a thigh injury.
0: He just couldn't see off the injury. His return match ends after 47
1: minutes. Remember, a very common injury in rugby. And he was being put into positions defensively. And compromises were being made. With so that's AI a big deal if your quarterback formation. in football gets injured. In rugby, he's called a fly half.
0: A fly half. It's So everyone's freaking out on the sidelines. This is their time to prove what they've it's got. Not
1: great. Yeah. And they're down 6 0. So the whole injury substitution deal in rugby is a little complicated. You can't, like, go in and out like you can in football. Like, if you're better, then you can go back in. It's more like soccer where once you're subbed out, you can't go back in. Mm -hmm. So essentially, Nick Evans is now out of the game. Okay. That is unless something happens that requires him to return. So in the rules of rugby, if a player is bleeding, then you can sub someone in temporarily even someone who's technically been subbed out for the game, to give the bleeding player an opportunity essentially clean up. Okay, you're giving me a little bit of a taste of what is to come. Ooh. This is going to be crazy. Okay. okay. So anyway, back to our game. Evans is out, and a fly half named Chris Malone replaces him. With 15 minutes left in the game, the Quinns score a try, which is when the ball is grounded over the opponent's goal line in the in-goal area. Basically, this is the rugby equivalent of a touchdown, but it, mm. it's worth five points. Okay. So now the Quins are only down six to five. <gasps> However, Malone is unable to convert the Quins try. And converting, basically, in rugby is the same thing in football as a two point conversion or an extra point. All this to say, with 15 minutes left, the Quins are still down by one. And then five minutes after that, Malone, the backup fly half, gets injured. Ruh-rah. Oh, shit. Meaning the Quins have no one left with the aptitude to kick them a winning goal. So in the 69th minute, with the Quinns down 6-5 to five, and both their fly halves injured, a backup fullback named Tom Williams enters the game. And then six minutes after he enters the game he begins bleeding from his mouth. <laughs> this means, I as I said above, the Quins can put in a temporary sub for as long as 15 minutes so that Williams can come out and clean up the blood. Now that is possible. As long as, as, long as there's blood. Well, that's and obvious it's blood. Well, what, oh, it's Tom the Williams the who's to going off.
0: Malone's gone off. Williams in trouble.
1: There are less than 15 minutes left in this game, so essentially that temporary sub can mm-hmm. legally play out the rest of the game. Okay, so just to pause for a second,
0: just yes. so that I'm on the right path here. Yes, the quarterback equivalent is called a fly half, Uh-huh. and they're on to their third fly half now. When this guy goes out, yes,
1: who's not even a fly half? Like they're out of fly halves. They had a kay. sub in a fullback. Continue. So, guess who goes into the game as a temporary sub? The original fly half and team star player, Nick Evans, what? aka their best hope to win the game.
0: As Williams comes off, Dean Richards is there as well. It is a it man coming off.
1: Card was a substitution,
0: he can come on. If it's marked as replacement, he can't. Is that is fine. He's quite entitled to come on as blood. blood yes, he can come on with Williams going off for blood. Very clear definition there of the rules. From Nigel Owens. The uh, Evans is back on. We thought his afternoon had come a- Okay, I don't get how, like, athletic, like, team physical trainers have this, like, magical spray or magical, like, needles that they give these players that they're just cured of any ailments. It's so fascinating to me that they can just totally recover in, like, 30 minutes, but go on. So
1: this Nick Evans goes in, and Leinster is like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. But remember, in rugby, the refs are the law, and the refs are like, look, man, this is all totally within the rules in our very principled sport – that's, like, played within a culture of respect, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody's like, okay, you guys are the law. The Harlequins end up actually losing the game anyway, despite all the drama. (laughs) Evans had a chance at a late-game drop goal, but he failed at his attempt because he was injured. Wow. So anyway, this game between the Harlequins and Leinster ends, but, like, something is fishy, It's just like feeling fishy, and I will tell you all about that when we're back from some ads, or as they would say, advertisements in England. I think that's what they would say.
0: Hall of Shame is brought to you by Lennon. Every morning, I like to wake up. I like to spend about a million hours on my phone. (laughs) I like to snuggle my poochies, but... There's lots of great ways to start off your day. Eating breakfast, meditating, walking the dog. What about starting with making your bed? When you make your bed in the morning, it starts a chain of daily successes. So what feels better than making your bed every morning? How about the sheets that go on it? Go with Brooklyn and home of the internet's favorite sheets. It's also Hall of Shame's favorite sheets as well. There is nothing better. There is no better feeling that I think exists in this world than having clean sheets. Actually, taking a shower and then getting into clean sheets. You are just like a clean little baby queen getting into your bed and having an incredible night's sleep. And honestly... Fight me if you disagree. <laughs> Founded in early 2014 by husband and wife duo, Rich and Vicki Fullup, they wanted to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. Today, they are on a mission to make you comfortable. Brooklyn was the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They worked directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. No middlemen, just a great product and service and sheets are the perfect place to start making your mornings great. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all of their bedding comes with a lifetime warranty. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code SHAME only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Blinkist. You know, in quarantine, we all had all the time in the world on our side, but now things are starting to go back to normal. I am back to work. Retina's back to work. Now it's kind of hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. So Blinkist is really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Your girl loves this. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly, so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute or on your lunch break or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestseller lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had the time to. I like Blinkist because I can't always sit down and read like a very heavy book, but that doesn't mean I don't want to learn what is inside of that book. I want to sound smart, okay, at the dinner party. That's why you listen to Hall of Shame. You want to tell these amazing stories. I want to know history, and that is why I use Blinkist. Here are some of the books that you can read. Unstoppable by Maria Sharapova. We've talked about her on the pod. Tiger Woods by Jeff Benedict and Armin Ketian. Ali by Jonathan Eag. There are so many great books that you can easily digest with Blinkist. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com shame, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com shame to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash shame.
1: Life is a highway.
0: And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one Mick Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a
1: detour. So we're back. It's April 2009. It's the Heineken Cup quarterfinal matchup between the Harlequins and Leinster. Leinster has won a close match 6-5, to five, but there's some shady business that seems to have gone down during the game, and people want to take a closer look. On the surface, it seemed the Quinns magically fell into some luck when their backup fullback, Tom Williams, began bleeding, meaning they could sub back in their star fly half, Nick Evans, who had been injured and was otherwise out of the game, but was feeling up for playing again. But like It was weird because for one thing, despite being out for an injury, Evans was seen warming up on an exercise bike, almost as if there was a plan to bring (gasps) him back onto the field.
0: Oh, which would be so weird because he wouldn't otherwise have been able to
1: come back. Also, this is a sport based on a culture of respect. Oh, my God, guys. So there's no way, right, Rachel? Isn't that what you're thinking? If you're going to cheat, at least be smart about it. This sounds so dumb already, but go on. Here's the thing. They couldn't fabricate a bleeding injury to create just the exact set of circumstances that would be the one exception where Nick Evans could actually return to the game. Not in the honorable sport of rugby. Or could they? So if you go back to the footage of the incident, it is so deeply shady Mick (gasps) Shaderson. At the moment that Tom Williams gets his incredibly well-timed mouth injury where he starts bleeding profusely. It appears Nick Evans is straight up waiting at the touchline, like ready to go in before even the blood started to flow. And when you look closely, the video totally uncovers what really happened. Steph Brennan, who was the club physiotherapist, had bought some blood capsules from a joke shop in Clapham. (laughs) And Dean Richards, remember him? Yes. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty to win. Told Brennan to slip one of those blood capsules to Williams, who was that backup fullback that had been put in during the last few minutes of the match. So Tom Williams, on video, asks for medical help and calls team physio Brennan, who I just told you about, onto the field. That's where Brennan slips Williams a capsule. I mean, this was totally premeditated. Not not just like premeditated in
0: this game, but like that girl went to a joke shop and was just like, you know what? We're going to have to use this at some yeah. point. So it was
1: like pre-premeditated. Pre-premeditated. That girl was a man, but yes. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Listen, I just want more women in sports, okay? (laughs) I know. A woman is coming into the story. At one point, you see Williams take a knee, and this is because the capsule fell out of his mouth, forcing him to pick it up and try the whole process again, literally in full view of the sold-out stadium and TV cameras. And then, on video, as Tom Williams leaves the field, you can hear Leinster officials shouting, that's not real blood, and then... Literally right there, he infamously winks at his bench. Who
0: punched Tom Williams in the mouth? Tom Williams? Like, it's oh my so god!
1: Jake, guys, come on, guys! What an idiot! <laughs> so yeah, this guy winks at the bench. Lenster is so suspicious that the club doctor follows Williams down the tunnel because he's like, "Is this legit?" And then the whole med team tried to get into the physio's office because they were like, let's see this cut up close and see if it's real. They were reportedly prevented from entering the treatment room, but his confrontation with the Harlequins medical team was included in the later judgment. So Tom Williams is, like, panicked, and he goes to the Harlequins club doctor, Wendy Chapman, a woman, Here we go. Yeah. A woman enters. Our one and only woman in this story. And he's like, My girl, they want to see a legit cut. So I need you to cut my lip so that this injury looks legit. And Wendy is like, "Uh uh-uh. What? Good for you. She had no idea about any of this. So she's like, No. But then Tom is so panicked that he threatens to do it himself. And so, as like a surgeon who's like, Well, I can't let this happen, she finally agrees. Because she's like worried he'd actually really hurt himself. Total no win for our girl Wendy. She's put in this terrible position she didn't fucking ask for. Classic. Ugh, our girl. Classic. I swore. I'm sorry. I swore like
0: twice already, so. <sighs> Whatever. We're trying. We promise to lessen it. Not That's true. Cut it
1: out. That's true. So what happens in the aftermath of clearly the shadiest situation? Well, The European Rugby Commission was ultimately unable to pin the blame on anyone specific besides the obvious evidence against Tom Williams himself, the player Mm. who bit the blood tablet. So he became kind of the fall guy and they went at him extra hard to make a point. They gave him a disproportionate ban of 12 months, clearly designed to rat out the real culprits. And the team was also fined 250,000 euros. Wow. Because they were kind of trying to be like, we know there's more to this story. So let's come down hard on Tom and see if he'll flip. <sighs> Dean Richards, the physio Steph Brennan, and Dr. Wendy Chapman at first had their misconduct complaints dismissed. So the Quins then offer Tom Williams compensation another word for that is a bribe to essentially (laughs) be the fall guy but williams was like i want more money i'm sorry is this the nfl or i know and the (laughs) quins refused a panel was then set up to hear appeals from williams against his one-year ban okay so according to his testimony before the panel. Williams was offered a series of sweeteners in the form of compensation, an extended contract, an apology, a job opportunity with the club after his retirement by the Harlequins. Like these guys were like, just fucking take the fall. Yeah. But interestingly, in all of that, he wasn't actually required to do a full non-disclosure thing. So he could spill the beans and he did. (laughs) Yes. In the report, Williams says he went along with the cover-up originally because he had been advised by the club and had not taken independent legal advice and was told it was the Harlequins who would face any punishment, not any individual players. Mm -hmm. He did also defend Dr. Wendy Chapman, our one woman, saying, I would like to emphasize that as far as I'm concerned, Wendy was as much a victim in all this as me, I do not believe she had any prior knowledge that the fake injury was going to take place. And she was put in an extremely hostile, intense atmosphere alongside me in the Uh, physio room. Yeah, no shit. She was asked to cut somebody. Full empathy for Wendy, who's like, I'm a doctor. I can't let you cut yourself. And yet I don't want to participate in cheating. I have no good choices. Yeah. So Brennan, the team physio, also testified and revealed that the team had been using blood capsules since... 2006, Wait. a.k.a. Dean Richards. First year with the team. Oh, my God. And no one caught on. Like, wow, these guys wow. are.
0: <laughs> wow. Rugby Culture of violent. But these guys are anemic or something. They are bleeding every <laughs> single weekend. Everybody's bleeding.
1: <laughs> these are some bleeders, Up your iron you <laughs> Why are all the Harlequins such bleeders? <laughs> so Tom Williams, our scapegoated player, described sort of, What he said happened in that match, Mm -hmm. that infamous Heineken Cup match. He said, quote, with 10 minutes of the game against Leinster remaining, Dean Richards called me over and I realized I was about to be brought off. He told me to tell Steph Brennan that I would be coming off for blood. Richards denied all this, by the way. But anyway, because we can trust him. William said, I was not sure what to make of this, and I had no idea how it would work. I can remember telling Steph that I would be coming off for blood as Dean had instructed. Given my relationship with Dean Richards, it did not occur to me that there was something to discuss, let alone challenge. Hmm. I mean, in a sport founded on principles of respect, this is some rough stuff. William's testimony also talks about the win at all cost mentality that Dean Richards brought with him that pervaded the team's ethos. He said, quote, I was presented with a huge dilemma when I was handed the blood capsule. In reality, I was so programmed to Dean's authority and focused on the game that there was no such considerations. Mm -hmm. I had no real choice in the matter. In hindsight, if I had refused to bite the capsule, Dean would have seen that I had disobeyed him and might refuse to play me again. This could have spelled the end of my career at the Harlequins. Okay,
0: I have one quick question before you keep going. Was This was the same guy that winked at the bench on his way off, Yes,
1: I mean... (laughs) Okay, that's all I need to say. That's all I need to say. No, I know. Glad you're pointing it out. Uh, Williams said he had never seen any player question or challenge Richards' authority. I mean, we're all scrambling to cover our own butts, right? Yeah, sounds like it. So the appeals committee totally believed Williams and concluded that Dean Richards was basically involved in every aspect of all the shady (sighs) business, with the exception of Dr. Wendy Chapman cutting the lip. But even in that case, he had, quote, created the situation where intense pressure was brought to bear on Wendy and Tom Williams. Oh my God.
0: Our poor girl. I know. Wendy's the only one I feel bad for so far.
1: I agree. Wendy was just trying to do her job. Mm-hmm. Brennan, the team physiotherapist, said he had asked Richard previously to stop using blood capsules. But, quote, three months later, he received another message on his radio asking for a blood injury to be fabricated. And the same thing happened again. Oh,
0: my God. So, wow. This was like a common thing that was happening with this team.
1: Yeah. I mean, now we get how he turned them around so quickly. Yeah. So all of this testifying and appealing led to the panel reducing William's ban to four months after he, in his own words, decided to come clean Dr. Wendy Chapman ended up being suspended for a year for cutting the lip. I think that sucks.
0: That does suck. Girl did cut the lip, though, so.
1: She did cut the lip. Steph Brennan was suspended for two years since he was the one handing out the blood capsules. And Dean Richards was suspended for three years. I just find it so hilarious
0: that they, like, walked into Party City and were, like, just, like, emptied <laughs> out the shelves of blood capsules. Like, that's just so wild. They're like,
1: meet. you guys having a Halloween party? And they're like, no, we're having a rugby match. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: we're just going to <laughs> go cheap. It's going to go cheat for five years. It's
1: crazy. Rugby is not immune from the shadiness of people. I think what we've learned is that no sport is. No. So... What's everyone up to now, might you ask? <laughs> Tom Williams remained with the Harlequins, playing a big part in some big wins, scoring a try in the Premiership final, in fact. His oh, wow. current contract expires at the end of the season. So he's like, I'm here for this. Has he ever gone out from blood again? Great question. I hope not. We should look into that. I hope not. I'm guessing, no, I'm guessing he learned his lesson. It would, it would suck if he did, though, because everyone <laughs> would be like... It's like James Harden, like, oh, okay, yeah, you're hurt. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I know. Can't be the boy who cried wolf, you know. No, you cannot. Steph Brennan is now the head physio with the Sydney Roosters rugby team. And despite her suspension, Dr. Wendy was allowed to return to her practice at Maidstone Hospital. Unfortunately, she ended up suffering from a depressive disorder at the time and then was diagnosed with breast cancer. So that fucking sucks. Like, she didn't ask for any of this. No. Uh, (sighs) Nick Evans, who's the star fly half who got injured, causing all of this to happen, stayed with the Quins for the remainder of his career until his retirement in 2017. And now he is actually the attack coach on the Quins. Party Superstore in Clapham, where they got the blood <laughs> capsules in the first place, unfortunately was burnt to the ground in the London riots two years huh. later. Very
0: suspicious, though. But
1: like its most famous client, rose from the ashes to trade again. Wow. So don't worry. Leinster actually went on to win the Heineken Cup that year when the Harlequins tried to cheat against them. Good for them. And two more in the three years after that. They are generally regarded as the best team the tournament has known. So good for them for overcoming. And Dean Richards, mastermind of all of this, is now director of rugby at Newcastle because there are never consequences, are there? Why do, I'm sorry, but why do white
0: men always fail up? It's just like amazing. It's not the opposite actually, but it's wild.
1: I'm so with you. It got me thinking about how all these dudes, they talk about respect and honor and principles, but really they mean it for other people. We talked about it a little last week. They don't hold themselves to any of it in any arena. Like, I'm thinking of these senators in the GOP and all their hypocrisy with the Supreme Court nomination. They love to talk about values, but they don't have any. They bring that up only when it's convenient, and it totally sucks. And I'm going on a tangent, <laughs> but I just want to say it brought it all up for me. Girl, I hear you. I feel your tangent. And I just have one thing to add. Go
0: vote on November 3rd.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it.
0: Okay, so I have some thoughts. Okay. I feel really terrible for our girl Wendy. Thought number one. Thought number Same. two, and maybe we turn this into like our 50th merch thing. <laughs> I just want a shirt that says, like, if you're gonna cheat, be smart about it. Like if you're gonna <laughs> cheat, don't get caught. You know what I mean? There were so many things that I was like, wow, that's royally down. If
1: you're gonna cheat, don't wink on camera. There
0: you go. That counts. <laughs> number three. Um, I'm really upset. It's actually Dean Pritchard, not Dean Richard, that was from old school. But like, let's pretend that we were just yeah. picturing Jeremy Piven as this guy the entire time because that. I think we could still fits. picture
1: this douchehole
0: as Jeremy Piven. That and it works. definitely fits if we're casting yeah. this movie. Number four, I find it very suspicious that the Party City burnt down in the London riots. <laughs> I mean, mm. they could be they could still be buying those blood vials, and they just wanted to cover their receipt tracks. They wanted to steal <laughs> Except the they
1: were back. already caught. I love, I love that whole line of thought. They might they still be going.
0: listen, they might still be going and they had to burn down <laughs> the evidence.
1: That's what it was. That's what brought it all to a halt. Yeah. It feels like I'm so tired of hearing about a culture of respect. I'm so tired of hearing about that. And then having these people be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. That doesn't apply to me though. This value system applies to everyone else, not myself.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I'm that tired, that's sports girl. too. I think that people like put themselves above the law if they're like, like look at the Patriots. Patriots are a perfect example of that.
1: <laughs> you have it out. <laughs> <for the Patriots. laughs> Literally every
0: podcast is going to come back to the Patriots and how much it's I hate like them. for
1: yeah for me it comes back to Mitch McConnell and for you it comes back to the Patriots. What's
0: wild <laughs> to me though is that how many people go along with cheating scandals. Like I can't believe there's not one goody two shoes in the bunch that's like, oh my god, I can't. I can't live with this lot.
1: I just am also like like Newcastle, who hired Dean Richards after all this. I bet there's someone else just as good who didn't have to cheat with blood capsules to do their job well. Who doesn't
0: have, like, a notorious background.
1: What's going on? It's like the devil you know. No, no, no. Find new people who are not the worst. Yeah. Well, look, it's really frustrating I agree with you, it pervades sports, pervades politics, it pervades life. I'm going to say this, I'm going to tell you a place where a culture of respect is still existing, the mm. NBA and WNBA, Hoo-hoo. they're crushing it right now, so there's just like a little positive note to end on.
0: Absolutely, you know we I mean? got the NBA finals, what do you mean, like NBA's not cheating? There's definitely been cheaters in the NBA.
1: Yeah, but they're also like doing a lot of good right now, is Oh what I yeah. mean.
0: For sure. They're,
1: yeah. uh, they are talking about values and they're doing the work to live up to them is all i I'm hear saying. you. I hear you. And I'm here for that, you know?
0: Hey, and we talked about our values. We said that we didn't want to swear anymore because we appreciate our listeners and we and didn't. And okay, did okay. we did okay.
1: We did okay. We're trying. But we're trying and we're also owning that we weren't perfect. Do you, you know go. what I mean? We're growing. We're growing.
0: Rugby needs to grow too.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love it.
0: That was a fun one. Thanks, man. I kind of want to go buy some blood vials for Halloween or something. I
1: know. It puts you in the mood. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited for next week. Thanks for listening. Hope you learned a little bit about rugby. Speaking of basketball, next week, get excited. We're playing basketball.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hall of Shame is a product of Crooked Media. The show is produced
1: by Caroline Reston and Allison Falzetta. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer and Stephen Hoffman. Engineering and sound design by Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis. Our theme music
0: is by Taka Yasuzawa. Thank you to Sydney Rapp and Brian Semmel for production support every week. Life is a highway.